The figure landed in a dark room, much larger than the storage closet she had explored before. In the middle of the room was a large desk and a set of chairs, and she could see a few strange markings on the map of the surrounding regions by moonlight trickling in through the window. She made her way over to the map and grabbed a small satchel that was hanging on a hook in the wall, rolling the map up tight and placing it quietly into the leather bag. She then kneeled down behind the desk and pulled open one of the finely polished and engraved drawers. It held nothing but a bit of ink and blank parchment. She tried another drawer. Nothing she found useful. The last drawer. She tugged on the handle, but it refused to budge. It was locked. She cursed under her breath. She lowered her hood and pulled a thin hairpin from her hair, letting it fall out of the tight bun it was tied up in. She fiddled around with the hairpin inside the lock until she heard a faint click. She smiled. She pulled open the drawer. Nothing. She reached in and felt around for some kind of latch or another lock, but to no avail. What she was looking for was already gone. Suddenly, she heard footsteps outside the door to the room, and the outline flashed yellow from a lantern on the other side. She cursed again. She scrambled onto her feet closed the drawer, and flung the satchel over her shoulder. She approached the window, then hesitated. No. She couldn't leave now. Not without the key. She heard another click as the door was unlocked, and watched, almost in slow motion, as the knob turned and the door swung open. She ducked behind the desk again, just in time, out of the moonlight. An older but muscular man's shadow appeared in the doorway. The figure was almost blinded by the light of his lantern. She heard himself, mumbling. Where did I put that? His hands fumbled over the surface of the desk. The ring of keys he held clattering across the smooth surface. Wait a minute. He looked down at the clear absence of the map and held up his lantern, dangling it almost directly above the figure's head. She squinted at the light and tried to hold still. The man eyed the window, and the curtains flapping in the wind, untied. Who's here? He looked around the room, swirling his lantern in the darkness. The keys he held in his other hand still jingled together. The figure looked at the formerly locked, empty drawer beside her. The key. It was on that ring. The old man hesitated for a moment, then headed towards the desk. I know you're still in here. The figure panicked. She needed that key. How could she return without it? But she would need to get through that old man. She made her decision just as the man was rounding the corner of the desk. Her mission was more important than the life of one old man, and besides, if he had any sense, he would let her go. She stood up and quickly pulled a long, thin dagger from her boot. As of an instinct, the man yanked a decorative sword off the wall and met her blow, the lantern clattering from his hands and onto the floor, catching fire to the rug that sat beneath the desk. The figure stumbled backwards, not expecting his retaliation, but quickly regained her composure. She lunged towards the man and almost knocked the sword out of his hand, but he jumped out of the way and out into the center of the room. He jabbed at her abdomen with his sword, but she gracefully danced out of the way of his blade. Tricky, are you? he whispered as he threw up another blow. She blocked him again. Then, as he was about to strike at her shoulder, she jumped up and kicked her leg forward, striking him in the chest. He fell to the ground, and his sword slid across the floor into the fire. She held the point of, of her dagger to his throat. Take me to the general. 
he grinned up at her. I'm right here. Then, much to her surprise, he pulled a dagger out of his robe and slashed at her side, tearing through her clothes and cutting deep into her skin. She screamed out in pain. He then stood up and kicked at her chest, knocking the wind out of her. She bent over, clutching her side, and hesitated for a moment before raising her head and looking up at the general, her eyes glowing a bright blue and her cut emitting the same light. She floated a few inches off the floor and raised her fists, each surrounded by swirling clouds of glowing energy. The general's eyes widened and he backed up. The figure grinned before hurling a ball of energy into the old man's chest. Suddenly, a light came from outside in the hallway. The figure turned her head, eyes still glowing, as four guards burst into the room. They looked around at the commotion, the fire, the general on the floor, and then the figure, whose eyes began to flicker when she saw their terrified expressions. She dropped back down onto the floor, and her wound stopped glowing, the energy dissolving as sweat trickled down her forehead. The last thing she saw was the blurry image of the guards restraining her arms and legs before she blacked out falling limp into the guard's ropes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Narthonia Chronicles. First of all, I want to thank you guys so much for 400 total plays. It's amazing. To celebrate, I've opened up a new channel in the TNC Discord server that is taking suggestions and comments about the podcast community and operation. So, if you do have any feedback, make sure to head over there and check that out. But now, before we begin, here's a quick recap of what happened last time on the Narthonia Chronicles. After arriving in the town of Midhaven, the party searched for available adventuring work, only to find that the only jobs available were easy and boring. And so they met with the mayor, but the only thing he had was a package delivery job from the king. After some argument, they agreed to take it and set off for the town of Charlington to start their adventuring careers in Narthonia. The Chronicles of Narthonia, Episode 12, The King's Treasure Is that it? The party stood gathered at the brow of a large ship. In the distance, they could see a stone structure which appeared to be a defensive fort that sat on the banks of the river. Vast fields of grass surrounded the structure, and the terrain was almost completely flat on both sides, with a small forest and some hills on the horizon. The day before, they had set out from Midhaven to begin their journey to Charlington, seeing the Eurystheian countryside as they went. The geography and terrain of the region was similar to that of Wellsbrook in the Common Realm, only with less mountains and more flat grasslands. The path had taken them southwest, bypassing the capital city, Eurystheus, and taking a more scenic route. Charlington was a port town, serving as the main export point for Eurystheus and the whole republic. It sat at a strategic turnpoint in the river Eurystheus, and ships loaded and departed from here with cargo from around the republic. It was unique in the fact that the town itself sloped downwards towards the banks of the river and down towards the ports. In Charlington, they had located the trade office and met with Sergeant Scornhart, per the directions of the king's letter. He filled them in on the rest of the details. There was a Eurystheian fortress several miles downstream from Charlington, and the Eurystheian guard had been holding a valuable treasure there until the king could find a group of people to escort it back to Eurystheus. 
The king didn't trust the military with it, as military ships were often raided in the stretch between the fortress and Charlington by bandits living in the nearby plains, and needed a more discreet host for the treasure that, they, that were still able to defend it, should the need arise. And so, they accepted the terms of the deal. They would be provided 950 Eurystheus gold upon safe return of the treasure to the Royal Trade Office in Eurystheus. They boarded a ship with a sergeant at the dusk and set sail down the river towards the fortress. That's it. The sergeant came behind the party as they looked off into the distance at the stone fortress. It was approaching around 4 p.m. and the sun was dipping lower in the sky, casting a faint golden light over the grassy fields. And why are you coming along again? Don't you work in the trade office? Eclipse turned back to the sergeant. The general, who usually keeps watch over the fortress, is on a visit to his home at the current moment, and the fortress requested stronger leadership presence until he returns. I was headed this way anyway before you paid me a visit. Prepare to dock! The captain of the ship yelled down to his crew as the ship was nearing the dock that extended into the river from the fortress. A few figures dressed in military uniforms stood waiting at the dock to receive the incoming vessel. After the boat was properly docked, the sergeant motioned for the party to follow him down the gangplank, and up the set of stairs from the dock onto a thin path, leading to a door in the fortress tower. "'Welcome to the fortress,' he said, as he held the door open for the adventurers. On the other side of the doorway was a short, dark stone hallway leading to another door, and on the other side of that door was a much larger, nicer hallway, with several doors on the right side and an open archway into what appeared to be a dining room on the left. A few younger soldiers dressed in everyday clothes sat at the tables, talking loudly. Reginald! the sergeant shouted into the dining room. Yes, sir! A younger boy stood up from the dining table and saluted the sergeant, though tripping a bit on the way up. The sergeant sighed and rubbed his temple. Will you please show our guests around while I prepare their cargo? Yes, sir! The boy saluted again and walked over to the adventurers. Wow, I've never done anything important before. Oh, he looked at the adventurer's skeptical faces. I mean, it would be an honor, he sighed before motioning for them to follow. Come with me. So, the bottom floor was the dining room, kitchen, armory, and this is the dormitories. Reginald had taken them up a flight of stairs onto the second floor of the fortress. The second floor was arranged similarly to the first, with one main hallway running through the middle and rooms on the other side. Oh, and guest rooms! He walked over to a door on the right side and propped it open, revealing a small guest room. Through the open doors on the other side, they could see two identical rooms with bunk beds and tables. The fortress served as a threshold for ships leaving the Republic and as a training ground for guard recruits. Like me, Reginald said bashfully. Outside is a courtyard where we train, and we practice battles out in the fields. Does the Republic have many battles that need fighting? Miku asked. Well, no, Reginald admitted. But the general said that we're preparing for something big. Hasn't told us what yet, though. Interesting, Miku muttered to herself. Yep. And the third floor is the general's quarters. We're not allowed up there unless called for, so I guess this is everything. Why aren't you allowed up there, Helda asked. Well, we're not supposed to disrupt the general. And I think something happened up there the other night, and they don't want us to know about it. I heard it from one of the older guys, though. Somebody tried to break in and steal the Republic's plans. I don't know. I, I'm not even supposed to have told you that there were plans. 
Oh, shoot, the general's gonna kill me! Hey, it's okay, Eclipse looked down at the recruit. We won't tell. Thanks, big scary lizard lady. Right. Anytime, Eclipse said uncomfortably. Well, I think the sergeant should be ready for you by now. I think he wanted to meet you by the armory downstairs. Thank you so much, Reginald, Miku said. Yeah, no problem. He smiled as the party descended the stairs again. He seems fun, Gregory commented as he hopped on the stairs himself. I feel bad for him. Scrawny little kid. He has no idea what he's getting himself into, Eclipse said. Yeah, um, let's just get the treasure and go, Zeriel said. Head down and hood up. You haven't said much, Helda said to Zeriel. You okay? What? Oh, yeah, I just don't like being around all these guards. Had some bad experiences with them when I was a kid because I had to steal and everything. Yeah, I get that, Miku said garnering an odd look from Eclipse, but no comment. Well, here we are, Eclipse said. The group stood outside the door to the armory. It was propped open, and inside they could see racks of weapon and armor. Eclipse eyed a sparkling new mace. Right, Miku said as they stepped in. Ah, there you are. The sergeant stood opposite them, near a wrought iron door. He pulled out a ring of keys from his pocket and inserted one of them into the lock on the door. It clicked open, and he held it out for the party. Uh, right this way, please. Behind the door was what appeared to be a vault. A few trunks of what they assumed to be riches lay stacked against one wall, and an extra shiny set of plate mail against another. Eclipse eyed that as well. Is this a treasure room? Miku asked. Yes, it is. But not the treasure you'll be escorting. The sergeant shut the door again and bolted it from the inside. Before we proceed, you must agree to the terms of our deal. A safe delivery with complete confidentiality in exchange for your payment. Eclipse nodded, but a strong sense of deja vu hit her as she thought about what Professor Plantpot had said before he showed them the sword. We accept, she said, however. The sergeant nodded and walked over to the corner of the vault, where an ornate rug lay on the stone floor. He knelt down and peeled up a corner revealing a trapdoor. He unlatched it using another key and pulled it open, a thin layer of dust blowing off the wood as the wood lifted off the stone floor. After you, he said. The party filed down a ladder that sat beneath the trapdoor one by one. It led down into a small stone cellar, and once the sergeant had followed them down the ladder, he shut the trapdoor again. The only thing in the room was a large chest. There wasn't a lock on it, but it was latched shut. This is the treasure you will be taking back to Eurystheus. Do you think you can manage with a simple wagon and mule? Yeah, I think that should work, Eclipse said. Thanks for showing it to us ahead of time. No problem. All right, I suppose we should... The sergeant stopped short. The chest behind him was rattling a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Must be... A much louder, more distinct thump came from the chest. The sergeant turned his head a bit and kicked it with his heel trying his best to hide the chest from view. The rattling stopped. Well, I suppose Reginald showed you your rooms for the night? Yes, he did, Eclipse said, a bit flustered. Wonderful. I'll be right behind you, the sergeant said as he motioned for them to climb the ladder again. 
The party hesitated, but did as they were told, and filed up out of the cellar again. They all maintained the silence between them as they emerged into the treasure room, and the sergeant recovered the trap door and unlocked the exit. He ushered them out of the armory, and they made their way upstairs. Well, <laughs> that was... strange, Miku said, once they were safe in one of the guest rooms Reginald had showed them earlier. Could say that again, Eclipse said, as she dropped her bags and the sword down in one corner. She now kept the sword tied behind her back in a makeshift holster, as Gregory didn't need it to talk anymore. Cereal sat down on the side of the bed and pulled off her hood. Hilda sat next to her. It's getting late. Shall we go down to the dining room for supper? Gregory asked. I think the sergeant said he'd have it sent up to us, Miku said. And besides, I think we all need some rest. Yeah, Hilda sighed. There was a moment of silence before there was a loud knock at the door. Eclipse walked over to the door and answered. Uh, hi. The sergeant asked me to bring this up to you? Reginald, come on in, Miku said and stood up off the bed. Oh, no, I can't. I was just supposed to bring this up. The recruit held two trays of food for the party, and he held them out to Eclipse. All right, that's how you want to be. The lizard folk took the tray and Reginald left. She shut the door behind her and sat the food down on the floor. I swear that kid, Miku said. Yep, Helda said as she came over to the floor while the others sat. The party ate their food together and talked about their journey so far. Helda couldn't stop thinking about the treasure, however, and Miku noticed. You haven't eaten anything? She asked the halfling. I'm not hungry, she replied. You're always hungry. Is something bothering you? I just can't stop thinking about the chest and the rattling. I feel like there's something the sergeant isn't telling us. Look, Eclipse chimed in. I'm sure there's a good reason the sergeant isn't telling us everything. Whatever's in that chest is clearly dangerous, and it's not our place to know, either. We came here to pick it up and deliver it. That's our job. We can't do anything else. I guess, Helda said. I just... Hey... It's gonna be okay, Miku said, and smiled. Yeah, the halfling sighed. It is. The party finished up their dinner, and then got ready for bed. Where are you going? Miku sat on the corner of the bed as Helda's hand rested on the doorknob. The rest of the party was asleep. Helda turned around. Listen, I have to see what's in that chest. You can't stop me. I know, Miku said. That's why I'm coming with you. Really? Hilda asked. Gregory, will you cover for us? Sure thing. Wait, was he awake this whole time too? Hilda whispered. Yep. Talk to him after dinner. I knew you'd want to go. Right. Thanks. Miku smiled in return and opened the door for Hilda. The hallway was quiet. The recruits and guards asleep in their dormitories. The pair quietly made their way down the hall to the stairwell, making sure not to step on the loose boards in the wooden floor. They crept down the stairs towards the armory, seeing no trace of any guards. They silently slipped inside the unlocked door and into the dark room. A bright light flashed as Miku lit a torch, the light of the fire bouncing off the many metal facets of the weapons and armor stored there. Here, take this. Miku handed the torch to Helda as she knelt down in front of the door to the treasure room and pulled out her lockpick. Closer. Helda followed her instructions. 
After a few moments, the lock clicked and the door swung open. After you, Miku said, imitating the sergeant. Helda smiled. Miku pulled up the rug and unlatched the trapdoor, revealing the ladder once again. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I'm sure. Miku nodded and allowed Helda to descend into the cellar. She then followed behind, leaving the trapdoor open. With only the bobbing light of Miku's torch, the cellar looked much more ominous, the lone chest sitting silent in the middle of the room. The two adventurers approached it and hesitated, unsure of what to do. Wow, it's really spooky down here. Ah! <laughs> Miku and Helda jumped at the sight of Eclipse and Zeriel standing at the base of the ladder. What? Didn't think you can go and have all the fun without us. Gregory, Miku groaned. He's waiting upstairs. Of course he is. So, were you doing this? The lizard folk asked. Doing what? Directly disobeying the surgeon and the king's orders? That sounds about right, Zeriel said. The two scaly party members approached the chest to stand next to Miku and Helda. Helda looked up at Miku, and she nodded. The halfling then knelt down in front of the chest and unlatched it, lifting up the lid. The party collectively gasped. It's a... girl? It was. Curled up, unconscious, inside the chest was the king's treasure. A young, human-appearing girl with bright, purple, gemstone-like horns. Ah, I see you've discovered the king's treasure. An old man, wearing the badge of a general, stood in a now-open doorway in the stone. And for that... I'm afraid you'll have to die. End of chapter 12. Hey everyone! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Narthonia Chronicles. It's about to get crazy! Well, I guess it kind of already did. But if you have any theories about their new discoveries or about anything in the podcast, make sure to check out our TNC Discord server where you can discuss things just like that with other fans. But now, until next time, farewell, adventurers. Adventurers.